0: Right before recording, we just got the news that Celtics legend, one of the greatest players in basketball history, and one of the greatest leaders and champions for equality in American sports, Bill Russell, has tragically passed away at the age of 88. Bill deserves an entire podcast devoted to his career and his life, never mind an off-the-cuff reaction to such devastating news. With that being said, we just wanted to preface this episode with our heartfelt sympathy to his family and all of Celtics Nation. Rest in peace, Bill. Thank you for being the embodiment of the Celtics organization and for establishing a legacy that will live forever.
1: I'm Mike Gorman and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor.
2: good everybody welcome back to the Celtics pod podcast as Greg said before we got started it's a little bit of a somber note got the news just as we sat down to record and I think Greg said it best when he said that he that Bill Russell deserves a complete podcast not an off-the-cuff reaction and we haven't had time to work out how we would structure that or anything so we're going to stick to the the topics that we had outlined which means we're going to be talking some Jalen Brown, some Jason Tatum, you know the usual stuff, and then hopefully in an, in the coming days we'll be able to pay tribute to Bill Russell in a more professional way. The good news, if there is any at this point, is the fact that it's a free man weave. So I'm joined by my homies, my compadres, my co-hosts in crime. Please, preference the please notice the plural, Mister Greg
0: menakis and Mister Will Weir. What's going on, guys? I gotta I gotta take Will's intro here. What's good, Taylor gang? I love that. I love I love how Will started doing that a few episodes back. And uh it's just it's just stuck, man. And I, I love it. I'm really happy to be here. Um, as you guys mentioned on the last pod, I've been on vacation. Will was on vacation with me in Boston for a little bit. We went to a wedding together. I was down Cape Cod. Uh it was just a really good time to kind of just find myself over the summertime. You know, I'm a I'm an educator. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be an educator for. But I had a, you know, I have summers off and it's really good to kind of recharge the batteries, but I'm super pumped to be back here to record this pod with y'all. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of takes that I want to get off about this Jalen Brown stuff. But as you said before, you know, it's a somber day, but I'm trying to stay, uh, trying to stay upbeat. The fact that we have the three man weave going.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good to be back together. Having having the gang back, you know. Like we all said, we acknowledge somber, somber start. Sad to to hear the news of of Bill Russell, but it, it, you know, it is great to be be back together here with the three man weave. Even though Greg's already stealing my material, like you know, some may say come up with your own thing, but hey, you know, it's it's okay. I'll I'll treat it as a, an appreciation of of what I've come up with here, which really I stole from Wiz Khalifa. So we're all we're all stealing here in one way or another. Did you? But, st-
0: did you see the Wiz Khalifa stuff?
1: I did, had no idea that Wiz Khalifa had done anything recently. So no, no I did not see this. So my, Wiz
0: my, my cousin, Mike, uh, he's a club promoter out in LA. I think he manages a club poppy, but Wiz Khalifa, like, you know, they'll have like rappers come through and perform over DJ sets. So the DJs will be playing their music and the rappers will like just have a microphone. Like everyone's just like kind of watching them perform, but they might say, I don't know, like 10% of the actual lyrics, and Wiz Khalifa's on stage, and for whatever reason, he and the DJs just like weren't really vibing on which songs to play or when to cut the music. And Wiz Khalifa started going at the DJs and he's like, Y'all are trash, y'all are garbage. I know we can't cuss on this pod, but just imagine he's using other words as well. And um, he like knocks the hats off the DJs, he's telling them that they stink. And like it was so strange, man. It was I, maybe it didn't make news. Maybe it's just because my co- I, I follow my cousin on Instagram and I saw his story. But it was it was it was pretty bad, man. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Wiz Khalifa, maybe maybe not the guy to be uh, you know stealing content from these days.
2: You're gonna come for your neck, man. I remember I went to see Wiz Khalifa probably oh man probably talking ten years ago, and it was Wiz Khalifa, Ye, Wolf, and um, some. Of the Wu-Tang Clan. It wasn't all of the Wu-Tang Clan. So <laughs> never all of them. Yeah, it's, it's tough to get all of them together. There's like 20 of them at this point. You got the mystery of chess boxing. <laughs> I think that's like the only song they ever did where everybody <laughs> was track
0: yeah, the the, the, Wu, the wu-tang uh clan it's like it's like the scene in goodwill hunting where uh she asked him to name his 12 brother <laughs> <laughs> danny terry Mikey, davy timmy tommy joey robbie johnny and brian <laughs> i can't believe you remembered that all the way for it
1: that's uh a, that's greg's go-to sobriety check can he still name all of the all of the members of will hunting's family <laughs>
2: fun factor whenever i'm going like away and it's like me the wife the kid like i'll do it when we're driving to the airport in a few weeks i'll play that taylor gang song taylor gang yeah. because it's just a way to get pumped yeah. up right i mean yeah. in the car, it is legitimately the taylor gang anyway I
1: had no idea you did that but that makes me so much happier that i've been using that as my my intro oh, knowing sure, that you dude. play
2: that on the way to the airport now that time talking you... while well, we're talking of music I've had. I, I'm not sure if you guys have ever done this. I've always had a bucket list of bands that I've wanted to see, like before they retire or I die, whichever one comes first. Hopefully, the format becomes comes way before the latter. And I'm pretty much down to Just Limbiscuit being the last band. And I've heard. <laughs> I've heard their trash live. Um, I've you know they're not fantastic recorded. But they're a band I grew up listening to, and they've just they're playing in my city in a few months, and resale value on the tickets are two hundred pounds. So we're talking about two hundred and fifty dollars per ticket for the resale tickets, and I'm, I want your opinion. They're probably never going to come back, so if I don't pay to see them now, um, that's it's not going to happen. Do I or don't. I part with the cash.
1: Let me let me jump in here because I have a, a story that I think you. Which is going to lead to, I think you should do it. So for me, one of the, one of the artists that I've never seen that, that I really want to is Snoop Dogg. I've never seen Snoop Dogg. I feel like it's it's we, because Greg and I living in Austin, Texas, especially with Austin City Limits and South by Southwest. So many major artists come through here that at some point it feels like it, it just would have aligned, but it, but it hasn't. So this is back when I was in college. I was studying abroad in Brazil. And Snoop Dogg was playing at this super dope, like day clubs, got pools and stuff. And, you know, this is back when, you know, I was 22, 21, something like that. Like, this is the day club, like will at the pool. Like, yes, all about that in Brazil, seeing Snoop Dogg. But I was also a college kid who was pretty broke and it was towards the end of like my study abroad experience. And so starting to kind of pinch pennies a little bit, I probably could have made it make it make could probably could have made it work. And looking back on it, I kick myself in the butt every time that I didn't because the experience of seeing Snoop Dogg in Brazil at a poolside bar would have been one of the greatest stories that I could come back and say, hey, this is my experience seeing Snoop Dogg. And I didn't because I was, you know, I mean, I was 22 and I, you know, I, who knows how much money I actually had left in the bank at that point after about four and a half months in Brazil. But that is something I wish I had pulled the trigger on. So I'm saying from experience, Adam, if that's one of, of your go-to, like, you know, what was Olympus get big? Like the late nineties, early 2000s, something, something around yeah, there.
2: Yeah. Like 2000 to 2005. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. if that's, if that's one of your like bucket list bands, it's a pretty penny. But you know, go break some stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the last tick. It's the last one on the, on the bucket list, right? And just to just to preface this, me and Snoop Dogg need to be friends because we share a birthday. Ooh, that's a cool fact. Yeah, fun little fact. And I've always imagined that one day he's going to do a show on my birthday in my city, and I'm going to find a way to get backstage. It's just obviously never going to happen.
0: How many how many things do you have in common with Snoop Dogg? Give me besides the birthday. Give me at least like two more. I have zero. <laughs> Will and I have a few. Will and I have a few.
2: Uh, I have. Uh, I like his music. I like his early music. I like his like. You know. Uh, I've got. A, I'm sure I've got some on vinyl behind me, actually. But you know, let's get into actual basketball talk. We've been going for like eight minutes. With
0: <laughs> this is what happens when we don't get together for an entire. Month. I know, Remember, right? We, we just know. want to catch up and talk. Uh,
2: so I think the first thing is I want Greg's before we get into the 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 meat and potatoes greg we haven't had your opinion on the Jalen brown for kevin durant discussion so i think we should start there and let you kind of get your venting out you know let let it all out but pg-13 let it out
0: <laughs> it won't be too long i'll keep it short so first of all i would say that every single one of us agrees kevin durant is a better player than Jalen brown and even Jalen brown's ceiling probably doesn't sniff kevin durant right I just want to get that out there so people don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm being crazy and only seeing things through green tinted lenses. But I've seen a lot of people saying that this is about championships. And if we trade KD and we win a title, then all of this won't matter. Right. We got the title that at the end of the day, that's what you want. And didn't we trade all of our promising young talent for our last title? But I think this is different. None of those guys in the KG or Ray Allen deal were a true guy. You know, we all loved big Al. We loved Delonte West. We, you know, even loved Ryan Gomes, but they, they weren't guys. And none of them played with the heart and soul that Jalen Brown plays with. Maybe you couldn't make an argument for Delonte. The Celtics were also God awful at that time. This Celtics team is coming off of great success. Having made it to the championship, you know, Jalen Brown's made it to four Eastern Conference Finals. So let me ask you this, guys, and you can jump back in here. If I told you the Celtics would win two titles with Kevin Durant or one title with Jalen Brown, which would you choose?
1: Two titles with Kevin Durant. You're on mute,
0: Adam.
2: I'm going two titles with Kevin Durant. Two is more than one.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned it, Greg. I, I do subscribe to that philosophy. Like, championships are so hard to come by that it's it's you always take the championships i i just think when when you look historically at you know what's going to have a stronger influence and, and i think this is an interesting way to look at it would you rather be competitive and, and, and never win really love your team but never necessarily win over you know six years or have one or two years where you you maybe win a championship and the other years it's kind of i hope we stay healthy maybe age is a concern i i think you always take the championships those are going to be the ones that that, that live on historically and you know right now as we're recording this is the 15 year anniversary of the kg trade you know we love that team That team is beloved across, you know, all of New England. And I think, you know, nationally, people get a little bit tired of hearing about that team because they only won one championship. But when you when you win a championship, you live on and there's going to be a history that's preserved by it. Otherwise, you know, this team maybe becomes the, you know, Shaq and Penny magic. It becomes what could have been in Oklahoma City. And so for me, at the end of the day, you take championships over over long term competitiveness each and every day
2: and that's kind of where i want to lead into this now so the other day i think it was two days ago at this point three by the time everybody listens to this happy start of august everybody i don't know if that's a thing but there you go um well it's Kendrick- my birthday month so i'll take it yeah boy when's your birthday <laughs> august 22nd baby we got three weeks we'll do something special for it yeah we'll do we'll do a special episode i fly away like four days later so we're gonna do something um threw me off my game will no i'm joking i'm joking i got it so a few days ago there was a kendrick perkins podcast you know that uh swagoo and perk and one of the things that perk said and we've all kind of alluded to it i think we've all thought about it there's definitely been a lot of rhetoric about it It has been whether or not jalen brown doesn't trust the franchise anymore right so the way perk put it was hey we We've thrown you in multiple trade discussions for multiple different stars over X amount of years. And we keep telling you, don't worry, JB. We love you, JB. And JB is probably at the point now where he's like, yeah, you, you don't really love me. Because if you did, why'd you keep putting me in this position, right? And the way Perk put it was, you're at the point now where, really you kind of have to trade Jalen brand because you've insulted him that much over the time that that relationship, you know it, it never goes back to exactly where it was it deteriorates a little bit then you get more trade talks it deteriorates a little bit more and if you really want to have a chance at having a bigger window than two years because the, the way perks put in it you're not getting brand back at the end of this contract you need to make that move for for Kevin Durant because there's no other option for you now, unless you're going to wait for a younger star to get disgruntled, or maybe you want to get in on the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes and you do JB for Donovan. But that sounds just grimy to me. I'd rather keep JB and take my chances. But the problem being is if you don't think Brown's going to re-sign, you have to do something and you've insulted him enough by putting him in enough trade discussions that you're you you know you're on the clock now to make a decision on what you need to do.
0: Yeah, this is like social media cheating, right? It's like that's what the Celtics are doing right now. So if you have a girlfriend or you have a boyfriend and your Instagram feed or your TikTok is just filled with like... A bunch of hot people, you know, a bunch of hot girls, a bunch of butts. Kati, Elise, Henry, Tyler, Heroes, baby mamas on there. Then you got like, you know, I don't want to name too many names because you <laughs> then you know who I'm. Don't following.
1: expose yourself. Don't expose, <laughs> don't expose yourself,
0: Greg. No, I, I last summer I went through and I deleted a lot, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the stuff that shouldn't be on there, considering I'm in a very healthy relationship. And then what the Celtics are doing with Jalen Brown right now is very analogous to that, right? It's like he's looking at the Celtics and he's, you know, he he opens up his girlfriend's phone. And now he sees that, oh, she's got 10 DMs from different guys, you know, and like, oh, Kevin Durant's right at the top. And why is Kevin Durant keep coming up in all these conversations? It's just like not fair to Jalen Brown. And if you cheat in a relationship, rebuilding that trust is so hard. Social media cheating is already enough. It's already enough of a step in which you might feel like, oh, I don't know if I can trust this person again. But when you go, when you take that next step, when you actually make the offer, as it was reported that the Celtics offered Jalen Brown and Derek White and a pick for Kevin Durant, that's full-on cheating. And I don't think the Celtics can really come back from that. Now, I don't want to trade Jalen Brown, but if they're getting the impression, and they the Celtics on social media, they've been posting a lot of JB content lately. They're clearly trying to make up for it. But if you think Jalen Brown is not going to be happy and it's going to be a problem over the next two years, which I don't think he will because I think he he's professional enough to understand that he they can win a championship next year and if he's the problem, then that's an issue um i I do think that the Celtics need to at least consider the fact that Jalen Brown is going to be a problem over the next two years
1: so i think I think all of that's fair and i and I always think when it with a situation like this. There's both sides are true. And what I mean by that is, Jalen Brown, his, you know, his feelings are hurt, maybe, or the fact that he's not going to forget this much, like, you know, Perk was saying, and we'll find out in two years when his contract's up, because that contract is going to to bring him into unrestricted free agency. The way the CBA works, it's not going to make sense for him to sign an extension because his original uh, extension off his rookie deal was below the max. So for him to make the most amount of money as the salary cap goes up, he's going to hit unrestricted free agency and we'll have to see, you know, what happens there. Celtics will be able to pay him more, but like, he's totally right for that. But on the flip side, you know, it's a business. It it is a business. And let's say this Kevin Durant deal gets done at some point and we're looking around and he goes to, let's let's just say it's Miami and somehow a, you know, Tyler hero, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson. I don't know how many picks the heat can give up, but as many as they can and it gets done and Kevin Durant's balling out. And then, you know, we're looking around like, man, we, we could have traded Jalen Brown, Derek White in a pick like that's a better that's still t- in my opinion. And that's one of the reasons that makes it such an interesting conversation. That's still a better package because you're getting Jalen Brown and you see what Kevin Durant could mean to this team. Like we're going to look at the front office like why didn't you guys explore this? Like that's part of their job is to explore how do we become a better team tomorrow and it's a really tough line to walk especially when you're looking at the the long-term health so it's, it's it's a tough spot because i don't think either side is is wrong and my initial reaction was was somewhat aligned with perk when i saw the the report from shams i was on my last day of vacation down cape cod like greg had mentioned and i was with a bunch of guys that you know were, were kind of i mean they know the coverage i do for the celtics and so i woke up and their first question to me was what do you think and I said, "What do you mean?" Because I hadn't even seen the report yet. So I, I was, I was still trying to kind of like process it when I, when I went to my phone, started scrolling through for the next couple of hours. And initially, I was with part where I was like, "Man, now you just got to make trade. Now it's, it's got to be done because it's out there." But, you know. when it's a business, there's a lot of opportunities to come back and and smooth this over. And so I I think as Adam and I talked about last episode, there's a hard line in the sand of what the offer should be that makes sense. And if it doesn't, it's okay. I feel really good about this team. And if they continue to win, they continue to grow and say they don't make this trade. Like, I I don't think it completely takes off the table. You know, Jalen Brown getting, getting over this doesn't make it tougher for sure. But I think the front office also has to explore this option or they're just not doing their job.
2: I think another thing to remember as well that I'm kind of leaning into is there's going to be other stars. If the issue is that, you know, you're worried that transfer to four year deal, max amount of money. And then you're like, man, can he stay healthy? Right. Are we going to trade Jalen Brown for a guy that might not even be available during the playoffs? Well, you have two years, if you're still dead set on moving away from Jalen simply because you want something in return rather than risking losing him to nothing in two years, there's going to be three, four, five more superstars that become disgruntled between now and then and want to try and move. So there's always the opportunity to stand pat now and hope that you get somebody else that fits that Jason Tater and Robert Williams, Marcus Smart timeline moving forwards. And then maybe, you know, it, you've had those discussions with Brian and you are in a position where you can be like, hey, we're doing this because we know he's not sticking around. And I see a lot of people saying the moment, Oh, well, Boston can offer him the most money. They can offer him a five-year deal once he ups out. And then if he makes an all-NBA team, which looks highly unlikely, we can even start talking about a Supermax deal. Cool. But isn't that what Durant's on now? And then he's requested out anyway. Don't Aren't players signing these deals, spending one more year with their team and then forcing their way out? If Brown wants to leave, he wants to leave. And we're in a play, player empowerment era. So I'd much rather be like, okay, Durant is by far the better player but there's too many injury risks the age concerns too great we're going to stand pat now because we know there's going to be other opportunities for younger guys in 6 12 18 months and we can still move on from Jalen and get something back in return
0: yeah and i think with Jalen, the 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 one thing that really stood out to me from the perkins swagu uh, podcast was the the intimation that maybe Jalen Brown could get so disgruntled that he would go out to, you know, and actually make a trade demand and tell the Boston Celtics organization, I've had enough, I've had enough trade me. And that, that kind of, at least for podcast sake, started having me thinking about, okay, if Jalen Brown went to the Celtics and he said, I don't want to be here, that's a different conversation, right? So if you guys will humor me for a second here, I have a few potential Jalen Brown says, "Trade me." Here are some teams that might be interested. You guys tell me just off the cuff, which ones you would be interested in pursuing. So the Hawks, I think are the obvious one, right? With J- with Jalen being um, from, from from Atlanta. But I don't think a Hunter Collins deal gets it done, especially when Hunter's expecting to get paid. Um, though I think the Celtics would certainly be interested in that. Uh, and then, then the Hawks would be a super fun team with Young, Murray, and Brown. What are your thoughts on that first one?
1: I mean, player wise, like, I, I mean, you got to add in the draft compensation. I think that's, that's the type of deal. I look at it like Jalen's def definitively by a, by a pretty strong margin, the best player in that deal. So when you look at that for me, that's, that's when I start to get to, I don't know if it hits. Cause like you said, it was John Collins and who else was it? Uh, DeAndre, Deandre Hunter, Hunter yeah, which, which are two really good players. So I, I don't know if it hits the. The Rudy Gobert template that everyone is kind of fixated on now when it comes to a picks package. But you look at Dejounte Murray got what three, three, four picks. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, I think you're somewhere in that range. I think you're you're looking at maybe you know three unprotected plus another swap or something else with a with a protection down the line or, or whatever it might be. But you're looking at a very healthy pick package. And if we're using you know the for this exercise, JB has demanded a trade. You would have to consider it because I think Hunter does a, you know, somewhat of a Jalen Brown impression in that role. And then John Collins kind of fills in some other needs and gives you some insurance along that front line, especially with Al Horford aging and, and likely who knows where he'll be after this year when his contract expires. So I think there's some validity to that deal, but it would have to be some so some heavy pick compensation to go along with those two players. Um, but it's definitely something I would consider if it reaches that point.
2: So from a talent perspective, I'm fine with that deal. Like as long as just do, as Will said, there's enough draft compensation to make you to make it seem fair, right? But you are right. The the Andre Hunter pay package that he's looking to get in the summer, coupled with what John Collins is already earning, that can make things difficult. Because if you're say you go out and give Hunter, I don't know, four years, 18 million year average annual value, and that's a high-end deal. That's the To me, that's probably a bit a slight overpay. I do think hunter's really good, but anyway, I'm getting beyond. Can the Celtics really afford to do that, knowing that they've got a Jason Tatum extension to deal with shortly after? They've got a Marcus Smart deal that you know there's always another contract that's expiring that you Mm -hmm. need to deal with. Is Hunter worth throwing? Kind of like a spanner in the works there, you know? Like you've already got to deal with Grant Williams' contract extension this summer. Then now you're going to have to deal with DeAndre Hunter next summer. Or you try and move, or you, you know, maybe you facilitate a sign and trade. He goes elsewhere. You get a draft capital back that way. But let's be honest draft capital to Brad Stevens is literally just trade chips. (laughs) You're you're basically giving him an extra shot at the roulette wheel because he's not going to use them. He hasn't, he doesn't seem to. He seems
1: determined to never use a first round pick during his 10 years so far.
2: He saw how badly Danny Ainge got dragged for his draft history and was like, That's it. I'm not doing this. I'm not being judged on whether a guy pops or not. So I'm just not making any picks. And the picks I do make are going to be so far down that everyone's going to be like, Well, come on. It was a 56 pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. How could anyone? And then if one hits, I'm looked at as a genius. Brad's playing the long game. But so all you're really giving him is extra shots at the roulette wheel. I don't think that moves the needle too much other than the fact that he can use them in other trades. I do like the idea of that pairing that I do like that. John Collins, Deandre Hunter, if Brown has requested out and you mm-hmm. know, he wants to
0: move. That's a deal that I like. The
1: yeah. That's, that's a pretty intriguing one. That's, that's, that's actually a really, a really fascinating one. What's, what's the next one you got
0: for us here? Okay. The Grizzlies, I think would also be an interesting team. They got would a they, lot of options. Would they do a Desmond Bain, triple J deal for Jalen Brown?
1: I think that's too much for the Grizzlies. Um, I, I think they would take one of those guys and they have a ton of picks. I don't have it in front of me, what they have. But I know they have a lot of draft capital, uh, Dylan Brooks. I'm not sure where his contracts at, but maybe they would do Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks, or they would mm-hmm. do, you know, Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks. I don't see them doing both Bain and Jackson, but, um, that feel. I mean, for the Celtics, that would be an easy yes with with probably not much draft capital actually needed, if any, um, in that scenario, because I think, you know, dane even though he's a little bit older of a young player, he's still on the rise. Jaron Jackson has a little bit of injury concerns, but you can see what he does when when he's healthy. A lot,
0: you lot, add of, him, lot of injury concerns. A,
1: a lot of man. injury concerns, but you I mean, you add him and Rob, which once again, another injury concern, but the two of them. You know, on the front line and you look at what what that could be, you see, you know, Al Horford and Rob Williams, Jaron Jackson and, and Rob Williams would be terrifying as a as a, you know, as, as backline defense. And so, you know, I, I think that would be one that would be an easy yes for for the Celtics, an easier yes for the Celtics. Uh Grizz would would have to rework that with you get one of the two and and we'd have to see what else comes with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, as far as Desmond Bain concerned, a, a deal centered around him is not moving the needle for me in terms of a Jalen Brown trade. Don't get me wrong, I'd love Desmond Bain, mm-hmm. but if I'm giving you Jalen Brown, the the, the discussions start and end with the words Jaron Jackson Jr. Obviously, you're not getting Jar Morant, so we can just throw that yeah. one out the window. It would otherwise start and end with Jar Morant. <laughs> but if we're being realistic, Triple J is where is is literally the base point of discussions that's who I want in return. You're getting a a star wing. I want a star forward. Give me Triple J, yep. and you know Dylan Brooks is fine. If you want to go, so, if you even want to go a little bit further down your depth chart and give me somebody that's not playing as much, I'm fine with that. I've got the guy's name on the tip of my tongue, and I cannot think of who I'm thinking of right now. He's a center. I've liked him since uh, Brandon Clark. His- it, wasn't, it might be brand no it's not i'm gonna have a look at their depth trying to tell me but this other guy plus draft picks i'm fine i'm fine with that do you know what? i don't even want the draft picks just give me triple j I, that's a deal that i'd be more inclined to have i, I mean honestly they, they have steven adams they do have I, steven I, adams. I would rather shoot myself in the toes
1: <laughs> <laughs> i hope somebody aggregates that that would be great but you know i think for me like I, I i honestly like this this would be a discussion that probably doesn't go very far because once you take sorry out, go ahead xavier tillman Xavier Tillman. Okay. Yeah. I think Greg threw that, threw that name out there. But I I think for me, if it's just Bane or just Jackson and whatever else you put around it, it's probably a no for me. And I think it's only with the two of them that I would even start to have a conversation, but then for the Grizzlies, I think they say no. So I just don't think this that that particular conversation uh, would probably get a ton of traction unless there was something, you know, like a dire situation, which it might be for the, from the Celtics standpoint, based on this hypothetical exercise.
0: Okay. Next one. Would the Nuggets do a Jamal Murray and stuff for a Jalen Brown deal?
2: Can I swap out Jamal Murray and take Michael Porter Jr.? Do you want
0: another injury? I know you're the anti-injury guy. You want Michael <laughs> Porter Jr.? <laughs> I mean, Jamal Murray's coming off 18 months and not playing. That's true. That's both true. Them, Michael them. Porter's got a back that like my grandfather had. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but he had a grandfather back as well, and he figured it out. That's true. That's true. But how, how do you guys feel about it? if 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 it's Jamal Murray, will how do you feel? If it's Michael Porter, how do you feel?
1: I'm a no on both. Uh, I I don't think either one. I'm 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 not. I'm probably more anti Michael Porter Jr. than than most. I see the tantalizing skill set, what he could be. There's something about every time I hear that guy talk, I just believe less and less in him. And so I, it's just for me. I I, I don't see him. And then you add in the back injuries and just he's just a no for me all around. Like I, I I get the the potential, but no, Jamal Murray, I really like. Um, he, he shows up in the playoffs. We've seen that. I think, you know, I, I really like what the, I think the Nuggets are going to be scary good if they stay healthy next year and they get those guys back with what what moves they made in the offseason. You see what he does in the postseason, but you got to get through that regular season. And Jamal Murray hasn't had the best regular season reputation, so you got to set yourself up for success. And he's already playing with Nicole Jokic, who's, you know, maybe the easiest guy in the league to probably play with and, and makes you better, you know, by proxy of just being on the court with him. And so I would have some concerns about Jamal Murray's so the rest of whatever that draft pick or and i thinking of the nuggets roster right now i don't really know if there's any other young guys that i would pull that would so it just for me I, I think that would be really really tough to get to um I, I would i would try and fix things with jb before i go down the, that path with either one of those guys
2: could you imagine the juxtaposition of what's watching Jalen brown and nikola Jokic run a fast break together that would be hilarious by the time Jokic hit the halfway line jb's already dunked and he's back on defense like i'm not unless i'm getting Jokic
0: in return i'm not doing it yeah exactly (laughs) i'm not I I i got two more for you um yeah we'll see how you feel about these would the would the pelicans so this remember the exercise is Jalen Brown has demanded a trade. He's yep. like, I am not playing in Boston next year. You need to trade me. OK, this deal is on the table. CJ McCollum and Herb Jones for Jalen Brown.
1: So the question is, would the Pelicans do it or mm-hmm. would the Celtics? Would, would, both, would both teams do it? OK, Uh pelicans yes i think i think that's an, an easy yes and of course there's, there's draft capital in there and they not much like they probably have more draft capital than anybody in the league right now between yep. the anthony davis and Drew holiday trades they they they're oozing
0: with draft capital yeah so say two 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 picks on top of that
1: i'd probably need even more than that to be honest but um <sighs> I don't think the Celtics would be super interested in CJ McCollum I think I think Herb Jones they'd be very interested in you'd have to probably replace CJ McCollum with I don't know, Brandon Ingram but then it gets I don't know and then I don't know if the Pelicans do it then because then it feels that like it's almost like an yeah. even swap right so I would say in the scenario you presented Pelicans are an easy yes and they'll add in whatever they need to to get it done I think the Celtics are a no
2: yeah I'm I'm saying unless it involves Brandon Ingram in that return that I'm saying no. I just think that you've already got, there's already enough guard depth on this team. And I know Jalen usually plays the two, but you've got enough depth there that you can kind of bring somebody in and play them and kind of fill that gap a little bit. I think Brandon Ingram, you know, Brandon Ingram for his career spent 11% as a shooting guard, 47% as a small forward, 41% as a power forward. He's diverse enough that you can place him at that two, three, or four position and he could fit in better with what Boston are trying to do. He can handle the rock, he can score, he can like inc- um, initiate, pick and role plays a little bit. I'd be much more inclined to demand Brandon Ingram or just be like, dude, you're not getting him? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not really high on CJ McCollum as a and shoot guy, which is all I could imagine him being when you're already playing alongside Brogdon, Smart, Tatum. There's enough ball handlers there that you're not yeah. going to be able to do what you excel at. So I want Brenton
1: and, and he's getting older. He's getting on the wrong side of 30. You know, I forget how many years he has left on his contract, but it's pretty hefty. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, if you think about it, CJ Brogdon, Derek white, Marcus smart. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty hefty backcourt that you're working with. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see the CJ McCollum fit at this point.
0: Okay. And last deal. Jalen Brown has demanded he gets traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. no, the the Boston the the Boston Celtics offer Jalen Brown and Robert Williams for Anthony Davis,
2: Mister. I play five games a year and then don't dribble the basketball during the off season. Yeah, that
0: guy, that guy, <laughs> that
2: guy. uh It's a hard no, and then it's a please never phone me again. I'm screening your number. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I feel like we've been through this before where like, you know, Anthony Davis when it was his dad or or somebody in his circle was talking about didn't want to play in Boston anyways, when, when those rumors were going around. So uh, in Anthony Davis, he's a little overrated, right? Like, like he's, he's yeah. really good when he's good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you saw in the bubble, he was, he was dominant. He was awesome in the bubble and he had moments with the Pelicans where, where he was, you know, I see why everyone loves him, but I once again, another, another injury concern. And I just, no, I just, I can't get around to it. Anthony Davis is is a guy that I, I mean, he would be your, he could theoretically be your number two or your one a with Jason Tatum. So I see why it's a, a consideration, but I would either look for a different package or I would, I would try and smooth things over with JB in that scenario.
2: Or you end, just let him walk for nothing because that's more beneficial to you <laughs> than having Anthony Davis. <laughs>
1: Well I'd want to go younger if you're going to, if you're going to lose JB for nothing I'd rather go the route of like hey somebody give me like one young prospect and a boatload of picks Then I would rather go for the gamble of of Anthony Davis cuz they're going to feel like hey Anthony hey. Davis when you look at tiers of players like you you're probably at full strength going to put Anthony Davis you know, 10 spots ahead of, of Jalen Brown. So you're like, Hey, you're getting the better player, but then there's also age injury concerns, other things that that go into it. So it kind of evens out. And then you're looking at almost a one for one, or, you you know, you, you would add it in a a sweetener there as well because of those factors. And I would just rather go, Hey, give me a bunch of picks. We can swap that for something else. We can have different options that that we can roll with Anthony Davis. He gets in there and he's injured. And then you're just, all right, cool. We lost JB for nothing. And then that's, you know, Adam scenario.
2: Give me Paolo Banchero. I love Paolo, man. Yeah, or Scotty Barnes. Give me one of those two guys you can take, Jalen. by
0: Paolo uh, is huge. Yo, he's is so
1: he's like big. a 2K player that you make. Like, I've, I noticed this when I was watching Duke in the tournament. It's like when the camera really like kind of zooms in on him next to other players, he looks like a 2K player that you made oversized in like the create-a-player scenario, and everyone else was kind of shrunk down. Like did you, he's did, you see, massive.
0: did you see the picture of him, Chet Holgram, and Jaden McDaniels?
1: No. Nice. The, I, I, so they, I saw Paulo and played. Chet hanging out, but yeah, they so just, they played, just played, in the, played
0: in one of the, the pro Jamal, uh, Jamal Crawford yeah. pro am. And, you know, I think Jaden McDaniels, like when I see him on the court, I'm like, that dude is huge, right? He's so long. Seems like he's like 6'11. I know he's probably more like 6 8 but Paulo's two to three inches taller than him. And like, just think about how big like the McDaniels brothers look on the court. And Paulo's three inches taller than that guy. And he's an inch smaller than Chet Holmgren. Like, he is humongous. Uh, he's. I mean, he's like 250. He's already like filled out. Imagine how big that guy is going to get. I'm huge on Paulo. But to to finish up this Jalen demands a trade conversation, let's just pray to God that Jalen Brown does not demand a trade because I want to see Jalen Brown in Boston for the rest of his career. I don't want to see the Celtics trade him. I don't want Kevin Durant. I, 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 I think, Will, you want Kevin Durant, right?
1: I mean, if it's like I said, I think there's a very thick line in the sand that Brad draws. But if it's, you know, JB, Derek White and two picks, I I think you should do it. I, I just think the upside of that over the next, even if it's just the two years, that's all we're guaranteed, right? JB has two years on his contract, yep. you know, and I think within at least those two years, Kevin Durant will continue to be the better player than Jalen sure. Brown definitively. And so you're in a better shot to win. Uh, so, so yes, I would do it, but I think, you know, as uh, we, we had talked about, I don't know if we're going to, we're going to really get to it, but in a, in a Rick Buecher article for Fox sports, he talked to multiple GMs or multiple front office people, I should say uh, from that's both the eastern and western conference and it's kind of split on whether you would include a guy like marcus smart with that and for me that's a hard no so there's a very there's there's a there's an area of where i'm definitely saying yes to this trade um but it's you know it, it gets tricky so yes i would trade for kevin durant but only at a certain cost
2: so this is where we tease another episode because the plan was to hit that Rick Booker article butcher article for the second half of this show. Now I want to be honest, I kind of ruined that because I decided to talk about Limbiscit and music <laughs> for the first <laughs> like 20% of the show. Uh and then we got into this awesome like I really like this hypothetical trade machine thing. So I think that we've actually made the show more fun by pushing this off to the next episode. You know, we don't adapt to dry on it. Um if anyone's got that reference, thank you. Um, so we'll hit that next episode. The, the premise of that being that there's been a rival GM from the Eastern Conference, which is trying to, obviously he's just sharing his dream scenario, not what would happen, just his dream scenario. Cause he runs a team apparently on another Eastern Conference team. And he's kind of pro, uh, postulating moving Tatum for KD to retain depth so you'd have kd jb marcus smart blah 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 we'll give our full thoughts on that on the next episode because quite frankly any idea of trading jason tatum seems preposterous to me and i will stand against it for the to the dawn of time and i use the word preposterous please understand that that is not usually part of my vocabulary
0: <laughs> Great, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that uh hopefully we can do another three-man weave I'm, I'm on job hunt right now. There's a chance I go back to my current job, but there's also a chance that I don't. Uh, will, I think you're in a similar situation right now. Will you have a similar you have situation?
1: Time? But I got I got some some free time over here over the next couple of weeks. So we should be able to make a, another three man weave work. And uh, it's good to be back, boys. It's good. It's good yeah. to have the the three squares in my face right now
2: as we're as we're all talking. It's been beautiful. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this experience apart from the terrible start, obviously, and that was nothing to do with us. Um, So with that thoughts and prayers go out to Russell, uh, Bill Russell's family and guys, thank you very much for spending your time with me. Thank you, brother. And everybody listening as usual, hit that like button, hit that, I'm doing the YouTube outro. Sorry. As usual. Make sure that you go and leave that five-star review. Tell your friend, your neighbor, your pet walker, your dog groomer, your yacht salesman, whoever's selling you houses. I don't know what you're doing today, but make sure you tell them to go check out the Celtics Block podcast with Adam, Greg, and Will, because we're back, baby. Apart from a week that I take off when I'm on vacation, but that's not here there. Peace. I disrespecting you hate is I ain't
0: sweating your opinion. Y'all my patience. Never did it for a check. I've been impressed with the f-